Engaging the Bible in community might make all the sense in the world, but what difference does it actually make? This is the Bible Reset Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Bible Reading. show. I'm Alex Goodwin here with Paul Caminiti. Our co-host Glenn wasn't able to join us today, but we are happy to have a guest here with us. Our friend Chris Morrison is the pastor at Macedonia Temple of God in Aurora, Illinois. And back in 2017, they actually became the very first church to try immerse the Bible reading experience. They read the Messiah New Testament together, and they ended up having such a great experience that they decided to just keep going. And they read through the entire Bible using Immerse in just one year. In our previous episodes, we discussed how recovering communal Bible reading just makes good sense for our life together as the body of Christ. But we wanted to have Chris on to talk about the real and tangible impact that this new community engagement model had on their church. So we're we're happy to welcome Chris Morrison here. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. I appreciate it. Chris, you know, I'd uh, forgotten before Alex's introduction that you guys were actually our first pioneer church to do this. And you didn't just dip your toe in the water. You, uh, <laughs> you, dove, you dove in head first. You, you've, you know, fulfilled our vision that people would be immersed in the, uh, in the entire story. So thank you for being a trailblazer. Yeah, and, uh, and we want to, we want to hear the story about um, your church and, you know, traditionally what we've heard, you know, in the African-American church is that African-Americans are Bible readers. Uh, maybe more than any other people group, but you saw something that needed to be further explored, and we're going to dive into that in a minute. But before we do, uh, can you talk to us just a little bit about your own personal experience with the Bible and how you got hooked? Absolutely. I, um, my father was a pastor, and um, I had seen the transformation his life took when he got saved and his journey and, and how much he was into the Bible. And so um, when, you know, my journey to get saved, I had a cousin that kept bugging me to go to church and bugging me to go to church. And so I went to church with him one time just to kind of shut him up. Um, went to church that Sunday, felt something very different. And that week started reading a Bible my father had given me. I had never read it before. I want nothing to do with it. So I start reading it. And, and, and about Thursday or Friday of that week, I kind of shocked myself. I was like, I was like what are you doing? Why are you, why are you reading this Bible every day? And so I kind of freaked out and you know went out with my friends to this bar and and tried to forget about that. You know, what are you doing? You know, and uh, but oddly enough, got back late at night, um, picked it back up, and have been reading it ever since. It just you know, I think seeing my father, I knew that you know. If you're going to be a Christian, um, reading the Bible is so integral to that experience and, and to understand why you believe what you believe and, and you know, what's the foundation for, for how you live and why you believe. And so I always I saw that example. And so for me, it just seemed the natural extension that, you know, once, you know, if you're going to give your life to Christ, if you're going to if you're going to you know, call yourself a, a child of God then it might make sense to have some understanding of what he expects, um, how you should live and, and how your life should look um, to your creator. So it just, just it seems like a 
sensible thing to do. You know, that you might you, you might want to have some idea of of what you're talking about and why you believe what you believe. So um been hooked ever since. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story. And uh, we hear so many different uh avenues that people arrive, you know, into their love of the scriptures. So I don't know that we've ever heard anyone quite like you, you know, start reading, <laughs> go to bars to try to ameliorate <laughs> the impact and then come back to the Bible. But uh, uh, that's what grace and mercy, uh, mercy does. Yeah, uh, amen. Yeah, I love that. So, so fast forward and now suddenly you're a pastor. Um, maybe, well, maybe not suddenly, but <laughs> you're a pastor now, right? Um, and, and you hear about a Merce. What uh, what motivated you to try it out at your church? It's not like, you know, you went to the website and there was a thousand testimonials. You guys were kind of the first. Um, but but what needs or um, or spaces did you see it addressing within your church body? Well, I think hearing people talk about immerse and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, the how the Bible evolved to what it is now and, you know, all the verses and all the helps. And I think hearing about immersive, that was the first time it really dawned on me that, you know, we, we've had Bible study and, you know, you read your Bible and, and you study your Bible, but immerse was the first thing that, that confronted me with the idea that, but you know, you may have never really just read the Bible. There's always been some commentary. There's always been some help. There's always been some different piece of information that was guiding your understanding of scripture. And Immerse was the, like my first introduction to this idea of, but have you ever just read God's word and have it and it alone minister to you without somebody else's interpretation, without you know, and all those things are great. Don't get me wrong. I tons of commentaries and I'm sure you do too. And you know, those, so I don't want to, you know, make a case that those are, are without use. However, there's something to be said for, for, you know, you and God's word and the Holy spirit wrestling with scripture and enjoying reading scripture and, and having that insight offered to you without the filter of, of someone else's interpretation or somebody else's study. And so really for me, it was just, it was the, the hope of what could happen if you just interacted with God's word. And, you know, obviously, right, there was no, nobody could give us any kind of testimonial to say this is what's going to happen. But so really, it was just the hope of you know, what would that experience be like? What, what would it be like if that's, if that's all you did was just read God's word and discuss how that impacted you. So, so you pulled the trigger. Um, yep. I don't know if there was fear or trepidation, or uh, but you you pulled the <laughs> trigger and uh, described the church's experience. I mean, I've heard some great stories, but uh, tell our our listening audience what happened. Yeah, it was interesting. We, um, you know, uh, as in many African American churches, right? It's it's you know heavy King James use and, and, you know, anything other than King James is heresy. Right. So, you know, um, and so, uh, it was very interesting when we first introduced immerse, um, 
there were people saying things like, you know, <laughs> they were checking their Bible to, to make sure that they were saying the same thing. And it was so, you know, we got over that pretty quickly. But what what became clear immediately was how different our discussions became about God's word. That that was immediate and not that didn't we didn't have to build up to that. It wasn't, you know, we had to kind of get there. That was from week one. It was just a very different conversation, different kind of energy level. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're talking and, and, and we're, we're going through Bible class and our Bible classes were on Friday nights for an hour. And, you know, we're consistently going over time We're we're, and, we're not noticing that we're over time. It, it's, it's almost as if people would look and say, oh, my goodness, you know, it's, it's 10 after 8 or it's 8.15. And, you know, uh, we had the kids doing their, their Bible study and, you know, they're, they're looking through the door, you know, where, we're, where our class is, looking for their parents going, hey, you know, it's you know, <laughs> tick-tock, time's up, let's go. And, and it, we're going on and on. And, you know, one of the recurring uh, comments that I, I always remember, <laughs> you know, when we're trying to end class, it was, you know, just one more thing. I just, just one more thing. I have one more thing. And, and I got in the habit of saying, well, no, there are no more things. Okay. There, there, <laughs> we could talk about something else next week, but there are no more things because we have to get out of here tonight. And so, you know, it's great. It was just a very different kind of interaction. People, people weren't afraid to share. They weren't afraid to, to say, this is what I got out of it. People weren't afraid to say, I didn't understand something. Can somebody explain it? And those are things, I hate to say, almost never happened in a traditional Bible study. People almost never would admit that, I don't know what that means. I don't understand that. Could somebody explain it? And so I just think it opened up the door for for so much rich discussion. so much rich exploration of what was going on in the scripture that it just, it, it totally revolutionized our, our class time. And it, it totally changed how we approach things. And so, you know, we started with Messiah and, you know, people were so excited. I mean, what was happening is we were getting more and more people participating over time because they're hearing all these good things and they're seeing all this excitement from people. And, you know, we have, you know, people saying, you know, well, you know, I need one of those books because, you know, I heard, you know, you know, Aunt Cindy was telling me how great it is and how, what, what all I'm missing. And so I don't want to miss out. So, you know, I need one of those books. Um, we had people, we have people that went through us through the study that are members of other churches and they came for the, they came for immerse. I haven't seen them since. But they came, they came for Immerse and we're, we're, you know, we're sharing, we're opening up. Um, it was just a great draw. And I think people were excited. And I mean, how often do you find people, in a sense, recruiting others because they're so excited about joining a Bible study? I mean, in my experience, we've had some great Bible studies that I, I, I have thought, but I don't recall anyone ever trying to go out and recruit people and say, you've got to be a part of this. This is great. You're just, you're going to love it. You, you've, you've got to come. And so, you know, after the excitement with Messiah, I just, you know, 
nobody wanted to stop. You know, people were asking me, you know, as we got towards the end of Messiah, people were asking me, what's next? What are we doing next? And they, you know, wanted to keep going. And I saw no reason to stop that momentum. And people were excited. And so we just kept going. And um, it, to this day, it's one of the greatest experiences that we've had as a church family. I love hearing that. And, you know, I think we've all probably been parts of Bible studies or Bible classes where it's the opposite, right? The parents are the ones that keep looking up at the clock and looking through the glass in the door to see if the kids are out yet so that they've got an excuse to bolt. Um, so it's fun kind of hearing the opposite happening where the kids are like, come on, right. guys, yep. time to go. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it is really fun to hear about how just the the conversation dynamic shifts, right? People aren't scared to give wrong answers when when it's not necessar- necessarily an answers based conversation, right? It's a Absolutely. it's a reactions based or a um, yeah, just what what individuals and people people take away from the text rather than always pursuing, you know, how do we fill out the discussion guide correctly? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we don't talk about that very often, but you know, in the work that we do at the Institute, we do talk to a fair number of people about their experience with the Bible. And, you know, I would say for many people uh, talking to us, you know, we're not the pastor or somebody, so maybe they feel like they can be more honest. But we hear a lot that Bible studies are something that are more endured than they are enjoyed. Yeah. Yep. And it makes sense when you think about it, because, you know, for a lot of people, um, they really go into it feeling like I've got to fake it. You know, first of all, there's a good chance that I didn't do the the Bible study. I didn't fill out the obligatory questions, et cetera, et cetera. And so they go in already, you know, wondering if they're going to be exposed for, uh, for that. And Chris, you said something to me earlier, and maybe you want to expound on it a little bit that I'd never heard before. We've heard people say things like, you know, I, I go into a Bible study sometimes with fear, especially we hear this from men. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the references and, you know, that sort of thing. I never learned the order of the books of the Bible. But you said something to the effect that people are actually afraid that their lack of spirituality might be exposed. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a very real thing, at least in in our church and I think in other, other churches I've uh, visited or been around, is that... I th- think something happens to us when we've been Christians for a while. And that thing is we start to believe that we're supposed to know the answers, right? And if I don't know the answer, well, that's a, a, a negative mark against my walk with Christ or, or my spirituality and you know, oh my goodness, what will they think? You know, I've been, I've been in the church for 10 years and you mean, I don't know the answer and what's the right thing about this scripture. And so, you know, in the past we'd had Bible studies, you know, what was always the case. And I mean, without fail is, is you're going through whatever passage of scripture you're going through and you're, you're talking about, you know, meaning or, or, you know, whatever you're going through and you ask a question and almost every person that you've asked, the heads automatically go down looking in their laps. Right. Hmm. And 
they're waiting for someone, someone to answer. Please, someone answer other than me. All right. And I don't mind, you know, and if that answer seems like the teacher says that's the right answer, oh, well, then I'll piggyback on that all day long. But I'm not going to give the first answer because, you know, what if I'm wrong? And I think, well, I know one of the things that that immerse eliminates is that idea of being wrong. Because with immerse, you're sharing your experience of the scripture. How what stood out to you? What what meant something to you? And in that sense, how well, how can you be wrong? Right? Your your experience can't be wrong. It's your experience. It's it's here was my takeaway. Here's what I got. And so it it, it changes that dynamic of even what you're asking. You're, you're, you're not asking anybody for the answer. You're asking, what did this scripture mean to you? When you read this yeah. block of scripture, you, you, you read this block, what stood out to you? What, what touched you? And I think that leads to so much more dynamic discussion, right? Because what stood out to you is different than what stood out to someone else. And what I found is that, is that going through immerse is you end up covering pretty much the entire reading because oddly enough, what stood out to people is different enough to get full coverage. You know, it, it, you see the richness of scripture and how it can speak to each one of us differently. That we're all not, the same thing doesn't stand out all of us. The, the, the things move us differently. And who, and who knows, it could be based upon where you were in your life when you read it, what was going on with you. Maybe something was happening with you or your family or your child, whatever. But what your takeaway was is different maybe than my takeaway. And so it just, it totally changes the dynamic of that discussion. And people are no longer afraid because now I'm sharing my experience and yeah. what meant something to me. And that's that was just invaluable if our yeah. discussion was concerned. Yeah. Do you have any specific examples? I know you've told us before um, about amazing conversations that sprung up out of Leviticus, which is like, yeah. you know, right. Uh, <laughs> some people are kind of like the wasteland of the Bible or something, right? That's Indeed. like, you don't go there. But, <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I think you've told us about some of the, the, the conversations that happened. Yeah, you know, Leviticus can be a pretty laborious book to get through, right? It's like, you know, um, what was interesting, though, is people that in reading it through Immerse, there are people saying things like, well, you know, I finally understood, well, maybe what the Lord was trying to do was just, you know, to make sure that people weren't eating things that were bad for them or was going to kill them, you know? And so I think it was insights like that where, you know, we had another one from, we were in the New Testament. I don't forget where, it was one of Paul's writings. And someone made the comment that, you know, for the first time, it was clear to me that when Paul was writing this letter, like he was in jail. And she said, all this time before, I guess I always had this image of him like, you know, behind a pulpit and, 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 and preaching to someone and writing this down. And, 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 and she's like, but it seems so clear now that my gosh, he was, he was in the jail writing this stuff. And so, you know, there were all kinds of examples like that. I mean, even when I vividly remember going through kingdoms and 
um, you know, all of the battles and the campaigns and that, 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 you know, the, the children of Israel go through, um, it became real for a lot of people for the first time that they, that they started to understand all these different campaigns and why things were happening. And, and, and I, I, I attribute it to the format where people, they, they, they got to read a narrative and not look at these, you know, look at these eight verses and kind of tell me in isolation what, what's going on, which is, you know, kind of difficult if you don't understand the, the broader scope. And so, you know, we just had a lot of people that all, all of a sudden things became illuminated and became very real for them. And they picked up things that, you know, and people were saying more than once people were saying, you know, I've been saved 20, 30 years. And that never dawned on me. That, that never stood out for me before. I, I never, mm -hmm. I never saw that until now. And so, you know, um, again, I, I can't say enough about what it did for, for our study of the Bible. Um, and, and our sense of community, our, our, our sense of, of being together and, and going through a shared experience because all of us were experiencing this for the first time together. And there's something to be said for that, you know, as far as, you know, kind of tightening those bonds of, of, of community, even within your own church. Yeah, I, I have to tell one story because it's, I think, maybe the most heartfelt story for me that uh, came out of your congregation. And again, ironically, it came out of the uh, reading of Leviticus. But uh, you told us about one woman who commented that she struggled at first to understand, you know, what the clean and the unclean references were in Leviticus. And if we remember from our Leviticus, Leviticus readings, that's a common theme. But she said, it kind of dawned on me one day that really what this was all about was that it was saying that people get off track easily. <laughs> yes. Um, but there's, there's always a way back to God. Yes. Yes. And I think that was not the end. Always, you can look at the Old Testament and see that, that there's always, like, there's always a remnant. There's always a way back. There's always, you know, you're never, God never totally gives up on his people yeah. ever. And yeah. so no matter how bad things look, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's still there, you know, he's still there for you. So yeah. I, I think she actually said, actually her words were, there's always a way to get back home, I think, which I think was even, even more uh, heartfelt than get, getting back, getting back to God. But I remember when I heard that, thinking about all the commentaries that I've read on Leviticus and I don't know that anybody said it as beautifully as that and really captured the essence of it as this woman in your church who's, yes. who's reading with her community and, you know, for the first time really um, encountering the scriptures, you know, in fullness in community instead of bits and pieces at a time. I love that. So, uh, so your congregation, you guys blaze through immerse in a year, you know, back to back to back to back. Um, but then life went on right after immerse you didn't just continue you know you didn't finish the old testament and then go back in the into the new testament but you have told us that you kind of incorporated some of the immerse dna into how you did group bible interactions going forward um can you talk about that a little bit sure 
Um, one thing that we became very purposeful about was making certain that that in our Bible studies since Immerse, that we retain the idea of asking people what stood out to them, what did they take from that week's reading, whatever whatever that study is. Um, we've really gotten away from the I lecture, you listen, I ask you a couple questions, you either answer them right, or if they're wrong, then we'll, we'll correct you, and then we'll say good night, and that was Bible study. We've really gotten away from that that model, and and really made a, a, a you know a very concerted effort to make certain that whatever Bible study we're doing, and whatever that reading you had for that week, that when we come together for class. We start out with what, what stood out to you, what things you know resonated with you. Are there some things that you that you didn't fully understand? We, we, we're trying to keep things in the realm of being free to share. Because I don't want to go back to that place where people were afraid to share. I don't want to ever go back to that. I don't ever want to be in that place again. Um, I think we've, I think Immerse took us out of that. And, and I believe that everyone is better off and, and enjoys Bible, Bible study immensely more by just being able to discuss. And, and, you know, what I have found is that I know sometimes, you know, pastors, teachers get afraid of, well, if we just share, what happens if they're sharing things that are biblically incorrect, right? That, Mm -hmm. that, you know, well, what I found though is, well, it's great for them to be able and feel comfortable sharing, even when they're wrong, because at least I know they're wrong, <laughs> and I can help guide them back to what's right. Because now I know that well, you know, you had a pretty much of a misunderstanding on on this topic. So you know, as we discuss, I'll try to weave you back to <laughs> to be on track. But before, in, in in the model before, I didn't know if you misunderstood because you weren't answering. You were you were looking down at at your Bible, hoping that somebody else answered. So I don't know what your takeaway was, and at least with this model, I get to hear what your takeaway is, and I get to hear that okay, you know that's on track, that's a good takeaway, or you know, or oh my goodness, you know, you, you kind of went off the rails over here. So you know, let's yeah. let's get you back on board. And so I, I think it's it's a it's a fear that that easily goes away. Um, once you get accustomed to to holding Bible class in that manner, and once your people become comfortable sharing their thoughts, and so I never want to go back to a place where they're afraid to share, where where you know you ask a question and you get nothing but silence and heads you know pointed to their lap. I don't want to go back to that that place because I truly, you know, I've been blessed by the comments people have had. I've learned things by by. You know what people say that that they took away from it things that I would have never thought of that that would have never been how I interacted with that piece of scripture and yet you know I've been blessed by hearing somebody else's you know opinion and going like wow I never I never thought of that I I, I you know and I can see how that how that would be true and how that could, I, I I get it I understand and so um, I think we all we're all better off when the body of Christ is free to share their interaction with God's word. I think we're all better off 
than just having one person who is the, I guess, you know, quote unquote expert telling everybody about, you know, well, this is what it means. I, uh, let's, let's all share what, what, what the word of God spoke to us. Yeah. You know, one of the great ironies might be that um, the better a preacher is, and Chris, I've not heard you preach, but I've heard you talk and I'm assuming that you're a powerful preacher. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, in, in the sense that uh, a person is a really great preacher and they get good feedback, that may be actually a deterrent for some pastors to do what you've done, which is to really open open this thing up to the congregation and um, really implement this whole idea of, of communal Bible reading. I know early in my uh, ministry as a pastor in another lifetime, I heard a convicting ditty once that really did impact me. And uh, it was ram it in, cram it in, people's heads are hollow, ram it in. <laughs> Ram it in, cram it in, make sure there's more to follow. <laughs> and uh, wow. I mean, that really is the model. I mean, if we're being honest with each other and you, you broke out of that mold and uh, you're, you're, to, you're to be uh, congratulated and fortunate are, are your people. So um, uh, in our earlier conversation, you shared that you're getting ready to launch Immerse again. Yes, with, indeed. Uh, yeah. you, you, you didn't reach the, the bottom of the well the first time. I mean, there's more <laughs> to uncover. What's going yeah. on? Well, I think I think one of the things about Immerse, right, is also there's this idea that you want to get into a habit of reading the Bible in the community, right? And so it's been, what, maybe two, three years since we went through Immerse. And so it's now, I think it's, I think it's time now. And you know we're not going to go through the whole Bible this time, but I think right now we're thinking we're going to start with it with with Messiah, and then I think after Messiah, um, we want to do beginnings, and then we'll figure out what to do after that. But I think it's it's something that, in my mind, it's something that I think I want us to always come back to, um, and revisit the idea of, okay, let's let's sit down and let's do it again. Um, let's 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 read just the Bible and community again. Let's let's you know go over that again. I mean, it's it's you know it's God's word, and the thing I have found over time, right, is that it, I mean, you can you know, and you guys know this. There, you can read the same book or the same passage of scripture, and you see different things in it. Year after year after year, and you know, and it's funny where you know you read a certain passage, and it's like you know, you get an insight, and you feel like, well, you know, how could I miss it all these? You know, how could I miss that all these years? Yep. You know, what what was I thinking? Um, it, God's word is is rich enough where you could always go back to the well, right? And I think that it's important to go back to that to reinforce that idea, even to our congregation, is that reinforce the idea that this is a good habit to be in. It's a good habit for, for, you know, every now and then for you to go back and just read God's word unfettered, just with, with just, just his word and, you know, forget the helps. And because one of the things we did is told people like I, I couldn't make them, but when we read Immerse. I told I encourage them. Don't use your commentary. Hmm. Don't read anything else. Just read the Bible. See what that experience is like. See, see what it's like just reading God's word 
asking his Holy Spirit to guide you as you read and not not using. So, you know, let's let's do something. You know, how radical is that? Right. I'm going to I'm going to have God actually help guide me through his word. You know, So um, I think it's something that we always want to come back to. I think any pastor or church leader. If your goal and if, you know, if one of your goals is is, is that that your people get closer to God by getting closer to his word, then I don't know how you could not want to experience immerse. Without exception, everyone had a closer experience with the Lord. They had a, a closer experience with his word, and we had a closer experience with each other. I mean, how, how could any church leader be against that? I mean, you know, how could, you know, how, how could you not want that? For your for your people, and so I, I just you know I have nothing but good things to say about our experience, and, and it's one that I hope I hope that we recreate time and time and time again because there, again there's uh, you're going to have new insights, um, you know you have new people that you know, we have people in the church now that don't weren't with us when we went through immerse, so they've never they've never had a chance to experience it, so you know it'll be their turn now that they that they can be a part of it, so. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to starting again. I, we should be sometime after the first of the year. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a another good experience. Yeah, that's that's so fun to hear. Well, well, thanks, Chris, for for um, taking the time out to join us to talk through your experience. Uh, it's been really fun catching up and, and rehashing it a little bit. And, uh, it's your, your energy is, uh, is contagious and it, it really is kind of why we do what we do at the Institute to just hear, hear and see the ways that God is using the scriptures to change churches, transform communities, um, and just, just experience the power that it has. So keep up so the good work. Too. I need, we need more stuff like that. Keep up the good work. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're doing our best for sure. Um, this, this conversation with Chris was the last in our a uh, little mini series here on on the importance and the power of reading the Bible in community. So go ahead and tune in after the new year for our next discussions on the Bible's story, how the story works, why the story matters, etc., uh, etc. Et and just a reminder that you don't need to be a pastor like Chris in order to pull the trigger on Immerse. Anybody can start a group with family or friends or neighbors. And uh, if you need to buy any any copy or, or even the full set of, of the Immerse Bible, you can use code IFBR10 uh, if you purchase from Tyndale.com for an extra 10% off your order. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one.